You are one the fruit. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are one the fruit. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are, you are one the our declaration tonight we thank you that you are God we give you praise worship and adoration we ask that you will lead us by your spirit now unveil your truth and let your name be glorified in Jesus name Amen okay praise the Lord Hallelujah. we have been looking at the benefits of meditation and we had some assignments that we were meant to look at. I think if I remember correctly, we looked at maybe five or six different benefits of meditation last week. Mm-hmm. So as a way of recapping, who can give me one of the benefits without looking at our notes? One of the first benefits of it increases our love for God. It increases our love for God, okay, yes. It uh, brings us to possibilities, okay. Expand on that. Uh, possibilities, as in um, the example of David, uh, recalling from the things that God has done for him okay. in the backside of the desert. And when he's confronted with life situation, you know God who did it there can do it. Okay, that's good. All right. Any other thoughts? It changes our outlook. It changes our outlook. Okay, good. Not just changes our outlook, it gives us a positive, positive sorry. outlook. Yes. 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 Okay. What is the what are the benefits? What's the first um, one that we mentioned? I gain insight and instruction. An instruction of, of the word. No. Of um, the truth. Of the truth. Of the truth, yes. Insight and instruction of the truth. Of the truth. Then we looked at some of the terms that the Bible uses to describe meditation. And oftentimes when we are reading the scriptures, mm. there is every tendency to miss those moments. Except if you are in the psalm and it says Selah, and you understand that Selah means for you to pause, mm. for you to ponder what's just been said. But within the body of the word of God itself, there are words that actually direct you to think about what you are reading. So we looked at words like, for example, give me one word. Ponder. Ponder. Anybody <laughs> remember? Right? And we gave a scripture. Who can give me what that scripture was in Proverbs 4.26? Ponder. The path. Of thy. Uh-huh. Right? That is word, yes. That is way, yes. Okay. Right? What was that word apart from ponder? Remember, have you given that out? Remember. Hmm? Consider, consider, right? And the word consider draws your attention. It calls you to think about what you have just read, what you have just studied, what you've just heard. Mm-hmm. If it's coming as a message from the scripture, consider, 
this is for your consideration. Think about these things. Now, when you consider something, it means that you weigh it up. Mm. Are you with me? Oftentimes, when we hear the word or when we read the word, we don't weigh up what we are reading. And when you don't weigh it up, it will not benefit you. It will not prosper you. So that's mm. a very good word, consider. Which word did you say? Remember. 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 Remember calls your attention to call to mind. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we think that to remember something requires no efforts. Mm -hmm. But to remember something requires efforts. You need to engage your mind. Mm -hmm. You need to engage your mind and call to the theater of your mind the things that God has spoken to you from his word. It is expedient for me to say these things to you. I call to remembrance. I call you to remember the things that has been done. Paul says to Timothy, remember that Jesus Christ was crucified. Mm. Are you with me? Remember. So you remind yourself. That's what remember means. Remind yourself. Part of meditation is reminding yourself of the goodness of the Lord. Are you with me? Yes, reminding yourself of the goodness of the Lord. The Lord surprised us in this household this last week in a tremendous way. And every day as I go to work, I remind myself what the Lord has done. I thank him for it. Right? I tell him, Father, only you could have done this. I remind myself. Remember, call it to mind. What other word did we talk about? Um, I've said it already. Therefore, no. Okay. I was quite surprised that the spirit really reached out to mommy. Okay. We mentioned the word muse. Mm. Muse on these things. Muse. Meditate on these things. I don't remember. I'm sure. You will continue. Maybe. No, I mentioned muse. Muse on the work of the Lord. Muse. And I said the word muse. If I had the scripture for it, my brain. I didn't give you scripture for it. But I said to muse on something is to think on it. Muse, muse, M U S E to muse, musing. Wow, you all missed it. I have four words: meditate, consider, remember, ponder. Okay, to muse on something. I'm sure I mentioned muse, right? Muse simply means to. Think reflectively, to consider reflectively, to spend time just deliberating in your mind about that thing that you have just read about the Lord. Just considering it, considering the word, reflecting on the word, almost delighting yourself in it, musing. Are you with me? Right? So muse on the works of the Lord. 
muse on the deep things of the cross. When you find words like that, they call you to meditate. Another word will be one which I'm sure we spoke about, which is the first one I expect everyone to say. Think. Think, think on these things. Think on these things. Right? You remember in Philippians, mm -hmm. maybe we might start from there tonight. Philippians 4, 4 verses is eight. It 8 and 9. And it will be done to talk about. Right? Yes, sir. Read that for me very quickly and we'll, we'll, we'll start going into that. Okay, just quickly rounding up and then we'll go to the other benefits of meditation. Come, come, come. Philippians 4, verse 8. The Bible says. I have to send you to some finally, brethren, where you can be quicker than this. Finally, brethren, uh -huh. whatever things are true. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble. So, wait. So when he says whatever things are true, mm. when the Bible commands us to meditate or to think of these things, when I'm reading something, I should be asking myself, is this true? Are these things true? Mm. Or what are the things that are true that I need to know? Remember, part of the benefit of meditation is for me to gain insight and instruction of the truth. So it says whatever things are true. Right? Now, if you are not looking for truth, you will not find truth. Because the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, he says they love a lie more than the truth. Romans 1. Right? They have forgotten. They have left of the knowledge of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I must always look for what is true in the things that I am studying, that I'm reading, so that I can find out the truths of the Word of God. If I put it in another way, one of the blessings of meditation is that it forces me to think on principles of the truth of God's Word. Remember we said that one of the things that meditation should do is it should help you to think about God. Help you to think about God as a problem solver. Help you to think about the works of the cross. Are you with me? But it should also help you to think about truth. To examine what is the truth about my life. As far as God is concerned. Not as far as I know. Because what I know is not necessarily truth. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Right? So... Meditation should bring me to the place where I have time to think about the truth. But not only that, it should also help me to think about things like my failures. Because when you're looking at truth, then you can look at where have I failed? Where did I miss it? How did I get into this kind of situation? That's part of what meditation would do when you are doing it properly, when you're contemplating. That's another good word for meditation. Contemplation. What's she putting in her mouth? Right? Contemplation. Contemplating the truths of the Word of God. So that when I think about it, the reason why I'm thinking about my failures is not so that I can now start feeling guilty or regret about it, is to see what could I have done better in the light of the Word of God, in the light that I now have in Scripture. <coughs> What could I have done better? 
And I can also think about my success. In the light of the word of God, what can I go on and do more of because God has given me grace and he has given me insight from his word so that that insight, when applied, has done something in my life. Amen? Amen. Okay, so these are the things that we said meditation is, um, if done properly, we do in our lives. So I want to continue with some of the benefits. We looked at, um, you talked about deepening our love, and we looked at um, Psalm 119 verse 97. We talked about insight and instruction of the truth, Psalm 119 verse 99. And then we looked at 2 Timothy 2, 7. Where it tells us to meditate on these things, and then in verse 8, it says we should consider. <clears throat> then we looked at the fact that when we meditate, which everybody missed, I didn't even remember myself. Joshua 1 8. Yes. What did we say meditation would do? Um, we make our prosperous. Prosperous, yes. He brings prosperity. That's from Joshua 1 8. It makes us prosperous and then we say that it will help us to grow and to mature in our Christian life. Amen? Right? And we look at, I believe, Psalm 1 verse 2 and 3 and then um, John 15 um, verse 4. Then we also said the scripture that we gave, Sister Bridget, that it will help us to do what? John 15, 7. What for meditation? Okay, tell me John 15 7, what is it? If you abide in me mm -hmm. and my words abide in you, mm -hmm. um, you shall ask anything in my name and it will be done for you. Okay, all right, we'll take that paraphrase. So, from that scripture, yeah. what is the benefit of meditating? Abide. If I meditate on that scripture, what should it lead to for me? Answer the prayer. Answer prayer. We said it will develop your prayer life. You will develop a stronger prayer life. Because when you ask God something and God does it, then you are assured that God will do more if you ask again. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock it will be opened unto you. But if you don't meditate on it and you have never experienced seeing the benefits of meditation, then you will not be motivated to pray more often. So we said by meditating, one of the benefits is that it helps us to develop a stronger prayer life. Yes? And then the, where we stop, I believe, was that it helps us to be more motivated in ministry. You remember? We looked at um, 1 Timothy 4.15. Read for me 1 Timothy 4.15. First Timothy four fifteen. Oh my Bible readers are very slow to do. Okay. I thought I was the only one who is allowed to be tired, and I'm not even tired. First Timothy four. Maybe I should find it myself. At this rate, I will have finished reading before you find it. I'm here. Meditate on these things. Thank you. Give yourself entirely, entirely to, to them, them so that your profiting or your progress may appear. Yes. Isn't that what it says? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. 
all right uh. so meditate on these things and we said that it means that that is a motivation for uh. ministry mm. when we meditate on these things our profiting we appear it means that we become more motivated to want to serve somebody to look at first samuel chapter 12 and i think we looked at that too verse 24 only fear the lord your god and serve him only yes first samuel 12 24 the scripture you should know them by heart. if you have reviewed your review your notes now 12 24 you say 24 read on man only fear the lord and serve him in truth and serve him in truth read on with all your heart with all your heart so if you fear the lord if you meditate on the word of god you develop more in ministry whatever your ministries are if you don't meditate on the word of god that ministry is not going to grow are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? If you don't meditate on the word of God, that ministry will not grow. So if you are called into worship, for example, but you don't spend time meditating on the one who is the object of your worship, then you will think that you're there to entertain rather than to offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips giving thanks unto God. And you only worship something that is worthy or worth it. His worth is so humongous that it makes me, the author of the worship of the praise, recognize my worthlessness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I don't come to worship with that mindset, then my worship is not acceptable. So only serve, only fear the Lord your God and serve him only in truth. So it means that if I meditate on that, where ministry is concerned, you can serve the Lord in falsehood. I think it, yeah. it, it also added to consider as well. Yeah, to consider, read that for me. Say for consider what great things he has done for you. For consider what great things you have done for him. No. 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 What he has done for you. Mm. So that's why when we meditate, it helps us to minister. Minister simply means it helps us to serve more. Because the more I consider the love of God, the greatness of God, the mercies of God, the fact that he condescends from his estate and comes down to me, who am I? I'm nothing, I'm but dust. And on the dust I will return. Now if I don't start thinking like that, imagine somebody once says the donkey feeling so important that he's being ridden. Hmm. Are you with me? So the motivation for true ministry, godly ministry, will come from a place of meditation. Because when you meditate, you will see the greatness of our God. When you meditate, you will come into a realm where you know that whatever wisdom you and I have, it is nothing compared to the wisdom of God. When you meditate and you step out and you look around you, you look at the stars, you look at the trees, you look at everything that is all around you. As great as man thinks 
he or she has been since the beginning of time, we have not been able to create a tree. <laughs> Come on. Mm. We are synthesizing, we are creating this from our own natural raw resources. Mm. We haven't. <coughs> so it's important that we recognize the key to knowing more, to drawing more from the word is the time I spent in reflection. And you are no greater, like I said yesterday, than your reflections. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that's our recap. Now let's go on to Psalm 39. I don't know whether we go to Psalm 39. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I don't know how the others are doing, but how do how do I keep my mind dinner you can incorporate dinner into your meditation with the Lord see one of the things we don't realize is that our relationship with the Lord should be a continuous one so when it says pray without season what he's saying is just keep having conversations with me continually oh dear Lord it's time for dinner Lord can you give me wisdom on what to do today because I think uh, diet has become really predictable. And then you're quiet. And then you suddenly have this impression, why don't you try mixing curry and put some of that, um, mm. what's that uh, one that you use for the, do, is it the celta or what do they call it? The one in... Dolmio. Dolmio. Why don't you mix curry with some dolmio? I'm just saying, right? Now, maybe you've never done it. I've never done it. What's Domio? Domio is Domio, like a um, sauce. sauce. Pasta sauce. Pasta sauce. Oh, Domio. With curry. Uh, right? Oh. The virus. Pasta said he has never done it. I didn't say I've done it. Come on. But you see, but you know what? That's a you manner. see straight away the mindset <laughs> that you both have yeah, is a mindset that is this something new? No, 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 no. It's not that we can try it, right? It's your mindset. This is what meditation will do to you when you are open. See, if your mindset is to resist that, the Holy Spirit will just jump it back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will just jump it back. Think about it. Who created the herbs that we are eating? God. So do you think that you can compound and put together delicacies more than the person who created all the herbs? Come on. So that's how you incorporate. There is nothing in our lives that you cannot speak to God about. Mm. Absolutely nothing. In fact, let me put it this way. Even including my weaknesses, and my negative thoughts. Let's say I'm driving and I suddenly have a very repulsive thought 
that I feel like strangling someone. I don't know where it comes from. I can say, Lord, you bring this kind of thing still exists inside me. Please help me. Because I don't know where that came from. But it is true that you said that a man's heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only you know all things. I don't know why this just came up. But it allowed me to see my wretchedness. Please help me, dear Father. I surrender that to you. See, but because we don't meditate, all we have is we just hear the scripture and we shut down. But the scriptures are supposed to be the vehicle, if I can use that phrase, to bring us into conversation because that's the only thing he will speak to you about by his spirit. So Jacob, you remember the story of Jacob? Let's, let's go and look at Jacob's story. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me change track even as I'm clicking there tonight. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 31. Are we on Genesis 31? Yes. Okay. Let's start reading from verse 6. Actually, go to verse 5. Let's start from four. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field to his flock and said to them, I see your father's continent I see your father's continent mm-hmm. that it is not favorable towards me as before. Mm-hmm. But the God of my father has been with me. Mm-hmm. And you know that with and you know that with all my might I have served I have served your father. Mm-hmm. Yes, your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times. Mm-hmm. But God did not allow him to hurt me. Mm-hmm. If he said thus, mm-hmm. the speckled shall be your wages. Mm-hmm. Then all the flocks bore speckles. And if he said thus, the, the, the strict shall be your wages. Then all the flock bore strict. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Mm-hmm. Go to... Verse 11 now. Verse 11. Um, sorry. And so, the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up now thy eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-strapped, speckled, mm-hmm. and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel. Where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from the land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. So Jacob is telling his wife that wife that God appeared to him and gave him insights. By reason of that insight, he now decides on how to breed or crossbreed the cattle by putting poplars in front of them when they come to the trough to drink. 
right? I believe that's um, that's in the, in the in the chapter before. Yeah. Sorry. It's in thirty. Right. So it's in thirty from verse thirty-seven, and Jacob took rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white streaking in them and made the white appear which was in the rods and he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink so what he's done is that he set these colorful things inside the water troughs and when they see it because of what they see in the drinking trough, when they conceive, it becomes the color of what they see in their wombs. Wow. <laughs> Listen. Wow. God can give you insights that will change your life. Mm. See, the principle of this breathing here that you see is also a biblical principle in everything that you do. If you don't see it, you cannot possess it. Mm. If you don't see it, you cannot become it. What you set before your eyes, you become. Mm. By setting those things before the eyes of the flock, the flock internalize what they see and they conceive it. They give back to what they see. Jesus explained that principle in John chapter 3. Except you see the kingdom of heaven, you cannot enter into it. How can you see the kingdom of heaven when you're here on earth? You have to see it with the eye of your spirit. So what you don't see, let me put it this way. We can establish that principle. This is what meditation does for you. Right? What you don't see, you can never have. That's right. If you don't ever see yourself as prosperous mm. or blessed or favored, then you can never be prosperous. You can pray until you're blue in the face. Mm. You can go to church and spend all day and all night in fasting and prayer. If you don't see it, mm. first in your spirits and in your mind, you cannot become it. Mm. What are you seeing for this year, 2020? You can write all the goals that you want. If you don't see anything, I guarantee you will be in December 31st and the year will be no different from January 1. Mm. Even if it's things like your dieting. Many people fail with dieting. Do you know why? They never see the new them first. You must see the new you before you begin the dieting. If you don't see the new you, the new you is trapped inside the old you. That's right. The rich you is trapped inside the poor you now. The victorious you is inside the defeated you now. The question is, what do you see? Do you see yourself increasing? Do you see yourself excelling? Do you see yourself victorious? 
Do you see yourself healthy? Do you see yourself courageous if you feel you're timid? Do you see yourself excellent in the things that you do? Because I tell you, if you don't see it, it's not going to happen. Do you see your marriage peaceful? Do you see love? Or is it all the time, all you see is contention and criticism? The, see this, this thing we're doing here on meditation. If you get it, I said to you last week, and I've said it the week before, if you get this, that's all you need for this year. The word, profiting from the word, comes from actually spending time thinking about these things. Giving yourself wholly to them. Meditate on these things so that your profiting can appear. And the more you give yourself to, to it, back to your question, what you give yourself to, you become. Mm. See, the reason why it's proven difficult is that you have just only started. <coughs> right? So most of the time, your mind has been programmed. Programmed to go to work. Programmed to go to the uh, shopping. Programmed to cook. Programmed to sleep. Program to go to church. Program. And you can do it instinctively without thinking. Reflex action. Now the question is, you were not always like that. Because you didn't come out of the womb going straight to church. You didn't even start life as a Christian. Are you with me? Right? There was a time when the only language you spoke possibly was Yoruba language. But now you probably think in English. Because you gave yourself to that language, the language gave itself back to you. Are you with me? Yeah. Right? So this is the, the compounding power of meditation. And when you start doing these things on a consistent basis, after a while, it becomes habitual. That's really what Romans 12 is saying. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Ephesians, it tells you to let the spirit of your mind be renewed. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's Ephesians 4. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that means you've got to, that's your job. You have to change that. You have to give yourself to Christian books, to Christian messages. You have to give yourself to studying the word, to memorizing the word. Because all you are doing is you are changing the program that has been written inside you. See, this is how you know that this works. Jesus is 12 years old and he is talking as a 12 year old with the doctors of letters in the house of God. A year later, he will be doing his bar mitzvah as a 13 year old, which means that he already knew by heart the first five books of Moses. 
If you go to Israel today, most of those 30-year-olds knows that by heart. Most pastors don't know that by heart. This is the key. If we get it, it changes completely. So the benefit is making sure I practice. Everybody say practice. Practice. Okay. So another key benefit is that we are motivated to repent and to live better. Psalm 39, verse 3. I can't remember whether we looked at Psalm 39. I'm sure I almost said we should look at it actually. Yeah, I did it. Psalm 39, verse 3. And I read. Oh, are you reading? Who is there before me? Sorry? My okay. My heart was hot within me. Mm -hmm. While I was musing. While I was musing. I'm sure we read this scripture last week. We did it? We didn't. No. Okay. We didn't get All it. Right. My heart was. Verse 3. Read it again. Okay, my heart was hot within me mm -hmm. while I was using the fire burned. Stop. My heart was hot within me. See, when you read the word of God, something should be happening to you. So David is talking. I'm looking at the scriptures. Something is happening inside of me. Right? Something is happening. Now, in fact, go back to verse 1. Let's start from verse 1 of Psalm 39. I said, I will guard my ways. Okay, so he's talking to himself. Are you with me? He's talking to himself. He says, I said, I will what? Guard my ways. Or take it to my ways, yeah? Lest I sin with my tongue. Lest I sin with my tongue. So this is someone who is giving himself to contemplation. Is talking to himself. The Bible says we should examine ourselves. That's also part of meditation. To examine yourself. And see if you're in the faith. So he's talking to himself. He says, hey, I will take it to my ways. I will guard my footsteps. I will ponder the parts of my feet. So that my ways can be established. I don't want my tongue to cause me to lose my salvation. Many of us don't even do this first verse here. When was the last time you spoke to yourself? Not spoke about yourself. Spoke to yourself. Not spoke about somebody else. Spoke to yourself. By yourself for yourself. David is speaking. I said I will take it, or God, to my ways. That I sin not, that I sin not. Do you see that? That I sin not with my tongue. For some of us, it might be that I sin not with my eyes, or that I sin not with my mouth. Because once I gather with the brethren, the ministry of gossiping begins. Are you with me? 
or that I sing not with my hands. When my hand is supposed to be a giving hand, is busy with drawing good when it is in the power of my hand to give and to do it. So David says, with my tongue, I do not want to sing. Go on. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. What is he doing? He's painting a word picture for us. He's painting a word picture. It means that, what do you muzzle? An ox. Right? And what do you do? It means you tie their mouths. Mm. When was the last time you tied your own mouth, metaphorically speaking? Mm. It's not everything that you think about that you must say. Are you with me? Mm. That's part of what it means to walk in sanctification. It's not everything that you see that you must give voice to. But if you don't restrain your mouth, in another place it says, set a guard or set a watch over my mouth. Many of the problems we have in marriages today will not be there if people learn to meditate on these things and set a guard over their mouths. You've been saying the same thing to your wife for 20 years and you don't realize that it's time for you, for, for us to actually muzzle your mouth. Completely. And then you wonder why she hasn't changed. Or you've been saying the same thing to your husband for 20 years and you are now despairing that your marriage is joyless, is loveless. Why will it not be? When was the last time you sat down and you stopped thinking about the other person and you thought unto yourself and said, who am I? If I'm married to me, will I be happy? I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Right? And then he says in verse 2, read verse 2 for me. I was mute with, with silence. I was mute with silence. So what he's saying is that he kept quiet to think about what he has just said in that verse 1 is meditating on it. He's thinking about it. He's processing it. Your computer meditates. It's called processing. He's processing the information. I was dumb with silence, mute with silence. I did what? I held my, what did he say? Peace. Even from good. And my sorrow was teared. So here is a person who is contemplating something is going on inside of him. Right? Then he goes to verse 3 that we are actually looking at. He says, my heart was hot within me. Yeah. While I was musing the fire, that is while I was meditating, the fire of truth burned. Yeah. 
Let's pick her with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end and the best measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. That's a man who is meditating. Do you see, do you see the, the, the range of emotions that he's gone through to get to where he is? So that's that word musing. While I was musing, the fire burned. But if you did not muse, if you did not meditate, if you did not give yourself to it, then nothing will happen. That's why many of us, we hear good words, great words, but they never bring profit. Because as soon as we hear it, the cares of this world, it's time to go shopping. Boom! Everything that God spoke to you. The Lord who spoke to you from his word, did he not know that you're going to eat? But many of us, we are so much 90% matter, 10% Mary. The Lord deliver us from him. Amen. 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 Look at Revelation 2 5 for me. So we are motivated to repent and to live better. You see that in that Psalm 39. Right? Yes. I want to encourage you to make sure you read that Psalm 39 when you get home. Okay. Revelation 2 5 says, Shall I read? Yes. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. You can only remember when you meditate, when you think about all that has gone on that led to you falling. Mm. So that what remember again caused me to meditate, to think about it. Remember therefore where you have fallen, yes? Repent. And do repent. What does repent mean? Turn. Turn away. Turn or change your will. Right? You are going in this direction. It's not working. Turn. Change direction. That's repentance. Right? It's not cry a lot. It's not pray until you are green. Just change your ways. Stop doing what you are doing. Because if you keep doing the same thing, that's a sign of insanity. And you're expecting a different result. Just change. Repent. Go on. And do the first works. And do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly. Or else I will come to you quickly and, and pluck remove your lampstand. And remove your, your lampstand lamp from its place. Lampstand. Lampstand. What do you use a lampstand for? To see. To hold the light. The candles. It's not to see the lampstand. No, is no, no, you to see. use it to hold the candle. The candle. <laughs> Thank you. Right? And it's the candle that will give you light when you actually lit the candle <laughs> if you don't light the candle the candle can be on the lampstand 
and you still remain in darkness. That's right. So David says, the Lord will lighten my candle. The spirit of man is what? The candle of the Lord. Right? So the way the Holy Spirit will light your candle is when you meditate in the word. The entrance of thy word giveth lights. It gives understanding unto the simple. When you are enlightened, that means when the light has penetrated you and you are flooded with light. But no meditation, no lights. One of the benefits is that we find peace with God. Have you ever gone through situations in life where you don't know what to do and you've been praying now, you are looking at a scripture and you're thinking about it, you're processing it, and then you get to a place where the solution is not discernible, but you have this peace. Why do you have this peace? It's because of the scripture you were holding earlier on. You will keep in perfect peace. Him whose mind is stayed on thee. Your mind is on God. When your mind is on God, God is first the God of order. God is the God of all peace. Right? Therefore, and God is the God of all solution. He will bring solution for you. There is no anxiety in God. There is no worry in God. When you learn to put your mind on Him, when you learn to have the mind of Christ, when you learn to trust Him, you learn to know that God is a problem solver and therefore I know this too shall work out for my salvation. Are you with me? I might not know how it's going to work out, but this too shall work out for my salvation. This will work out for my deliverance. This will work out for my breakthrough. And then before you know what's happening, everything will just come together for your good. That's what Romans is saying when it says, all things work together for good. When your mind is on God, when you're focusing on the word of God, when you're spending time in his presence, then all things will work together because he's continually with you. Are you with me? Right? In your waking up, he'll be with you. In your lying down, he'll be with you. In your going out, he'll be with you. In your coming in, he'll be with you. And he will guide your every footstep. Again, we come back to Elisha and daughter. He's surrounded. There's nowhere the man of God can go. But there was no fear. There was no doubt that God would come true. Right? And when God did, what did Elijah do? He did nothing. The army was struck with blindness. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know that they were led right into the middle of the city. And it was God who also gave the wisdom of what to do with the army. Mm. Feed them. Mm. 
We find peace with God. Benefit of meditation. We find peace with God. So Philippians says, read Philippians for me 4. Read 4, 6 or 4. Start from 4, 6. Okay. To 9. Philippians. I have to send you to Philippians four. What you want to I'm there already myself because you are taking so long. Be anxious for nothing, verse six. Mm-hmm. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, mm-hmm. with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. Next verse and the and peace. the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Now you see, it didn't say, and you immediately have the answers. No, but he mm. said the peace of God. Come on, which passes all understanding. He says it will guard God. The NIV I say. The NIV says it will mount guard and garrison your heart and mind. In who? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Right? In Christ Jesus. I don't have the answers yet, but I've got peace. And because I've got peace, then it's assured. The answer is guaranteed. Are you with me? Peace with God means that the answer is as good as gold. That's a seal of answered prayer. But it takes meditation in the world to get to that place where you know. The answer is coming because God is faithful. Mm. I've meditated on his faithfulness. He never fails. Right? He's working it out for my good. And therefore, I will be anxious for nothing. Pastor Gabriela. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yes, Pastor Gabriela. Okay. Next, we get a clear focus to guide us in making decisions. Clear focus in making decisions. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians, not Colossians. He says, set your affection, verse 2. First, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affections. Everybody say set. Set. Set Set your affections. This comes back to the question that's you were asking earlier on another part of the response to this when I focus attention on the mundane all the time where is my affection in those things and where are those things they here 
Colossians 3 2. Now, if you look at, let's read that together. Colossians 3 2. Actually, let's start from 1. Let's read 1 and 2 together. Or we'll read 1 to 3. I'm going to extend it. Okay, let's all read together. If ye then be risen. Sorry, let's wait for. Are we there? Okay. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Stop there. Seek those things which are above. Do you know that this is the problem with us in the church today? Seek those things which are above. If you look at your prayer request, how many of the things that are in your prayer list are the things which are above? Just ask it. If the majority of the things you pray about are the things which are here, your affection is in the wrong place. Seek those things which are above, and then he tells you, we are Christ seated on the right hand of God. So it means if you really want to know the mind of God, the purpose of God, set your affections on the things that interest God, the kingdom. So Matthew 6.33 comes straight into my vision now. Seek First, the word here is a seek those things which are where? Above. Now, Matthew 6 says, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Your first consideration for seeking the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And then he says, all these other things shall be added. So if you don't seek first the kingdom of God, if you don't seek first the place where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, all the things that you are seeking are minuses. They will be deducted. They will not be added, they will even be deducted from you. Because when you even get them, they will not satisfy you. They will not satisfy your real spiritual affection because you are a child of God. No. Okay. Verse 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. And I'll stop at 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. So what are you seeking? For 2020, what is going to be the predominant things you are going to be seeking? This is where when we meditate, I can start asking questions. So, what are those things 
that are where Christ is seated at the right hand of God in the heavenlies. There is peace. There is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost as the kingdom of God. There is wisdom in the kingdom of God. There is insight and understanding and counsel and might and glory in the kingdom of God. There is power in the kingdom of God. There is godliness in the kingdom of God. There is truth and mercy and compassion and kindness and faithfulness in the kingdom of God. The things that are in the kingdom are eternal things that endures forever. Therefore, the things that I am seeking now, is this an enduring forever thing or something that will pass away with its usage? Another way to look at this, what is the weight of glory of this thing that I'm seeking? Are you with me? Right? So it's important that we recognize that the more we set our affections on the things of God, the more God will set his affection on us. It gives you a clear focus that will help you to make decisions. So when you are making decisions, you are making decisions about the things that matter for eternity, the things that matter for the kingdom of God. Not temporal things that will pass away. Two more benefits. Meditation. We gave somebody Hebrews 12, didn't we? Three. It is. Was it? 13. Okay. Alright, now give me Hebrews 12, 3. Well, she's already in Hebrews now, so she, she might as well go. Hebrews, Hebrews. So, um, Hebrews 12, 3. For Sister Shadi, in addition to 13, 6. Was it on 13, 6? Ah, you don't remember. So, but since you're already in Hebrew, we might as well get you to memorize um, 12, 3, 2. So, you can read it for us, ma'am. For consider him. Cons you see that one again? Mm. Consider him who endured such hostility. Such hostility. One translation says contradictions of sinners. Hostility. Go on. From sinners against themselves. Against himself. Contradiction. See, this is what, in fact, I, I want you to look at our contradiction. You know, we're talking about seeking things that are above mm -hmm. and things uh, as against seeking things that are on the earth. Right? If you see the contradiction between the things that are above and the things that are on the earth. They are so almost opposed. One is passing away, one is eternal. One is heavenly, one is earthy. One will perish with usage, one will be, remain forever. And you can bring all those different categories. Now when you as a child of God are operating here on earth, there are contradictions. 
What are these contradictions? Number one, you are eternal. But you're living in time. You're a joint heir with Christ. But you have needs here on earth. Yet all that the Father has belongs to you. Right? Scripture says, He became poor that you might become rich. So positionally, you are rich. You are richer than Bill Gates, Dangote, all put together. Because all that your Father has belongs to you. Well, you don't need all these riches here now on earth. If you need it, your father will release it. So here is Jesus Christ in all his glory, God himself incarnated as man. Contradiction. The creator with the created. Contradiction. The teacher in school. Contradiction. The Savior now becoming a sin offering for sinners. Contradiction. He who knew no sin yet was made an offering for sin. Contradiction. Read on man. Against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And discouraged in your souls. My translation says, and be weary in your minds. In your minds. The weariness comes in your thinking. Are you with me? The weariness comes in your thinking. The multitude of your thoughts. If they are not focused on heaven. They are not focused on the things of the kingdom of God. You will be weary. And we spend too much time thinking on about all our needs. That's why the weariness will come. Because Jesus said, your father knoweth the things that you need. You are not going to surprise God by telling him you need a new house. He knows. Before you got to the one you are in now, he already knows the one you will need for in 10 years time. There's nothing you are going to ever need that's going to catch the almighty unawares. But if you don't change the way you come to the table of the word and the way you esteem his word and meditate on his word, then life will just be lived in that vicious circle of January to December and it's going to be same old, same old, same old. But my prayer is that this year, will make a commitment to changing in Jesus' name. Right? So he says it's to bring us to a place where we can have our lives in Christ. We focus our life in Christ. 
The focus is to remember you're in Christ. That's what Colossians was saying there, right? Your life is hid in Christ Jesus. He says, for ye are dead. And your life is hid in Christ Jesus. First John 3.1 Still on this issue of our life is in Christ. So, that's part of the benefits. First John chapter 3 verse 1 Are we there? Yes. Behold. Mm-hmm. Read. Behold. Mm-hmm. What manner of love your father has bestowed on us. Wait. Behold. Behold is also meditation. meditation. Behold. Look upon this with intensity. Consider this intensely. Look at the kind of love the Father has for you and I. Behold, what manner of love. How can you love me like this? That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So the world that doesn't know you, and you want to focus on the things that are in the world. The world that is passing away with his glory. You want to kill yourself for the things that are in the world. And yet, the scripture says, what you should have focused on is the love of the Father. He loves you so much that he's giving you the whole of himself. That you have now become a joint heir with Christ. So it says when we learn to meditate on the love of God, what it means is that number one, I will every day say, I am loved. God loves me. And because God loves me, God will always think good towards me. That's right. And because God will always think good towards me, God will always be with me because he promised he will never leave me nor forsake me. God will always care for me because he is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide and meet my needs. I am loved. I'm a loved child of God. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. His love for me is not based on me performing to please him. Are you with me? It's not based on how hard I pray. When I was a sinner, Christ died for me. God demonstrated his love towards me while I was yet a sinner. A sinner is the most abhorrent thing to God. And yet, God showed his love to me when I was a sinner that cannot come into his courts. When you start meditating like that, it changes your Christian life. It changes your relationship with your father. And it brings you into a deeper walk and deeper appreciation 
of how greatly you are loved and what God's plans and purposes for your lives are because he cares for you. Bow your head.